Welcome to Ladies Who Launch, not your average business podcast. Dropping every other Wednesday, Alyssa and Dakota are two successful and opinionated marketing entrepreneurs engaging in insightful conversations with industry thought leaders, as well as casual conversations surrounding our lives as entrepreneurs. Welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Launch. We are here on this dreary Sunday, um, recording, enjoying the weekend. How's it going, Alyssa? It's good. Yeah, it's been it's been a weird week. I mean, I will say, I think everybody's just kind of um, lost it a little bit. Everybody's just been a little cuckoo bananas this week, but it's been good. I can't believe it's already Monday again tomorrow, though. Like weekends are over in thirty minutes. It's crazy. I know it's nuts. And we're experiencing some stupid technical difficulties with the Zoom this morning. Yeah. Like, let's just rant about Zoom for two seconds. What is the deal? Like, I don't know. Now Literally, this lady comes yeah. on and says, Your meeting's being recorded and then kicks you out. I don't know if Zoom's undergone some sort of weird upgrades that suck because that's usually how things go. But <laughs> we have no idea. So, we're, this is the second time we're doing yeah. this. So, we're yeah. not going to be on our A game if. If you're listening to this, because we've already done 40 minutes that didn't record. So there you go. If we can somehow find that file somewhere, we will we'll do like a, a part one for you. <laughs> so but yeah, bad. anyways, I think our quick rant of the day here is that Zoom, you suck. Fix your shit. Yeah. Stop being dumb. Yeah, we're 18 <laughs> months into this, Zoom. You should have it together. Like this is just like, oh, I have yeah. no, no time for Zoom today. Anywho. Anyway, anyways, we wanted to jump on here today to quickly talk to you guys about two super important things. Um, one being, um, what did you call it again, Alyssa? Oh my God. Activism. Performative activism. Performative activism. I really think it's important for us to bring that up again. So we'll chat about that. And then we also just wanted to chat with you guys about mental health because everybody is going back to work in the next couple of months in Canada um, and in Alberta specifically, like things are opening up again. And the way that it's been happening has just been really weird. So we want to just chat with you guys about how to support yourself, how to support others, and just knowing that you're not alone. You're not alone. And if you need to call Alyssa and I to chat because you're feeling stressed out, we are available. Um, anyway, before we dive into that, Alyssa, why don't you do your quick little rant on performative <laughs> activism? Okay. So I'll make it an educational rant, but, um, as we, we as Canadians obviously have had a difficult last week as 215 children's bodies were discovered at a residential school site in Kamloops. And while we know that these probably won't be the last and that many Indigenous people know that there are children at these, that have been buried at these sites across Canada. It's been, it's been difficult across the board. But what I've noticed is that suddenly um, everyone's popping up with orange flags and orange um, squares on their avatar, social media avatars. And suddenly that's their support, I guess, of um, Indigenous residential schools in Canada. And then now suddenly everyone's got their rainbow flags for Pride Month um, on their avatars. And, and last summer it was black squares for Black Lives Matter. And this isn't how things work, people. You can't put up a or change your avatar to um, a Pride flag or 
or a black square or an orange square and consider that your contribution to um, these social justice matters. That's just not how things work. It's called performative activism. And corporations are notorious for this, like Nike and Coke and all of these places that are that are um, going all full gangbusters into Pride Month, but yet have zero LGBTQ um, policies in their actual corporations to support um, gay and lesbian staff or gay and lesbian youth or anything like that. Um, and a lot of the people that I see on social with orange squares for Indigenous um, residential schools are the same people that will post um, really disgusting, like Indian jokes or whatever. Like things you can't just decide on a day that you're not you're you're going to support that when the other 364 days a year you are either saying nothing or you're actually contributing to the problem. Um, an orange square does not alleviate your dis association and your dismissal of indigenous rights um the rest of the year sorry but that's how things work so i am a if you use your social media platforms for um creating action on social justice justice issues you need to do that consistently throughout the year you don't just get to put up a pride flag and call it a day you have to look at yourself as a business and are you hiring a diverse um, group of staff? Are you hiring diverse voices around your board table? Are you working with diverse contractors? Or if you look around, does everybody look just the same as you? Because if that's the case, then putting up a black square or an orange square is completely, it's actually gross as far as I'm concerned. So you don't have to use your social media platforms for social activism if you're uncomfortable with that or if that isn't a part of your personal or business brand. That's fine. But then you don't get to switch over to your rainbow flag avatar for June if you're not discussing LGBTQ issues otherwise. So that's just my issue. Go get your learn about performative activism learn um how you can be a better ally to to indigenous people black people and lgbtq people um and not just um throw up some meme and call it a day and honestly don't think that you're helping by doing that no because i think the question that some people might be thinking is but but I'm just lending my voice and I'm just getting involved, but it's actually a slap in the face. Yeah. If you don't actively do it all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, but it's true. It I mean, is. I don't, I don't actively talk about issues all the time on my social media. So I don't do that. Even though the people in my close circle know what I'm passionate about and what I'm, you know, wanting to get involved in and, and have a voice in, I just don't do it on social media. So yeah, don't, don't be part of the bad noise. Exactly. Or not the bad noise, but the unhelpful noise. Yes. Be yeah. a better ally. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. Walk Alyssa. the walk, people. So speaking of walking the walk, um, something really interesting that I've been seeing and I've been chatting about with a couple of my clients who are very, very focused on wellness and health um, is this whole conversation around how employers and employees are going are um, attacking the going back to work situation. 
So here in Canada, I know there's been a couple of things that have happened where bigger companies are essentially forcing their people to come back to work after their people have been working from home for the last 18 months and basically saying, oh, you want to work from home? Okay, you're fired. Um, and I'm not even kidding. Yeah. It's There's been some a couple of bigger companies. And one in particular um, that really shines out to me is a, a very large brand. I'm not going to call them out, but a very large brand um, actually tried to sue one of their star athletes who they, who they had a bunch of endorsements with because she said she wasn't comfortable with the material that they then wanted her to do. Um, it was something to do with COVID. Um, sorry, I don't have more backstory on this. But essentially what happened was a big brand had a star athlete um, basically back out of the contract for reasons around mental health and just her comfort level. And they are now suing her um, and completely like kiboshed her deal, which left her in a really bad financial place. And so another amazing brand came to her rescue and offered a certain sum of money to cover her legal expenses. And they're now stepping up and doing that for other athletes who are facing similar issues, which I thought was absolutely amazing. But my whole point with this rant, I guess there is just a bunch of rants today, um, (laughs) is that if you are an employer you have a responsibility to look at the current landscape and environment that you've had to put your employees in and to conform to what is the new normal. Um, If your employees have worked from home for the last 18 months, you can't expect them to just come back to work. Absolutely not. You should be offering specific like packages of time where it's like you can work from home two or three days a week, and then you have to be in the office, you know, two days a week. And here's why. Otherwise, like maybe their role is remote now. As long as they're getting their work done, what does it matter? Right? Yeah. And I think it it's going to be interesting in the next six to 12, 18 months, how this all shakes out. Because one of the things I've noticed through through this, through COVID and people working from home is that employees have actually discovered, it's funny that it's discovered, but it's true, that they hold the power. And there's going to be a lot of pushback and a lot of um, discussion around the fact of, of, of the workplace and how that's changed and how it's changed globally. It's not just, this isn't a Canadian issue or an American issue. It's it's a world issue. And the fact that that your employees have saved your ass for 18 months by picking up and converting their entire existence to now um, being able to work from home and also homeschool kids and deal with sick relatives and all of the things that they've had to deal with these last 18 months. And now you're just like, oh no, everything's just back to normal. So you just come back to our rules. And employees, I think, are now pushing back and saying, wait a minute, no, I have basically held you up for 18 months. Now I'm in control and I get to decide and I don't want to spend four hours commuting to work again. I don't want to spend money on lunches and clothes and all the things that we used to have to do to work in a workplace. Uh, I've done a great job for 18 months. Um, 
And I want to continue that. And maybe, yeah, maybe I'll come in once a week for the team meeting or whatever. But other than that, no, I'll be at home. And if you don't like that, there's other companies who are offering that. And I think that's the the key discussion item is that if you're if you're a company and you're immediately reverting back to pre-2020 work life, you're going to quickly find that you're going to become irrelevant because other other your your employees are going to tell other people that you should they shouldn't work there and meanwhile they're going to go work for companies that understand and and have no problem with people working from home or have no problem with um the flexibility or if you want to work evenings that's better for you or whatever those companies are going to end up rising to the top in the next year i would think and the others are going to have to sort themselves out. But it's not even just sort of white collar jobs of of office um, people. It's employees working in minimum wage jobs that are now fighting back. And especially in America where the minimum wage, especially from a server, like I think servers only make like $2 an hour or something and it's all tips otherwise. But they're realizing that no, like this gave me the opportunity to go back to school or to look for something that's more flexible for me and my kids or whatever, that they're not able to find staff now, that now that restaurants are reopening or hotels, they're not coming back. I think everyone just assumed that these people were just like sitting around waiting to come back to their like like minimum wage job. And people are realizing that, no, that isn't the case at all. So it's kind of across the board. And I mean, you've got Amazon workers that are trying to unionize in the States for better working conditions and all of those sorts of things. So this whole our whole capitalistic sort of structure of how we've done business for the past hundred years, I think is going to be turned on its head as we move forward because the work is kind of going to, it's kind of like being like talking about the industrial revolution from the 1700s, but it's kind of that, except now it's, it's technology and all those sorts of things that are going to dictate how this economy changes and that workers are now realizing that they actually have the power. It's not the corporations. And that, I think, is going to be the biggest conversation that the world is going to start having um, as we move forward in the next three to five years. Absolutely. So as far as what you can do now to protect yourself and others um, beyond the stuff that we've already talked about, if you have contractors or employees really looking at, are you fully supporting them to the best of your ability? And if you have the means, do you have the... Um, opportunity to offer, you know, flex days, sick days, um, you know, mental health days, um, like really just kind of reevaluating how you're treating your people and making sure that you are supporting them to the fullest extent. If you are a solopreneur, are you supporting yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, check in, really check in with yourself. Are you experiencing extreme burnout? And maybe it's time to hire some help. Um, if you can't, then maybe it's time to look at your client roster and figure out, you know, how much do I love working with all of these clients and which ones are potentially sucking the life out of me and making me feel like I'm burning out? Um, how can I be more responsible for my own boundaries? Do I have boundaries around how I work? So just checking in with all of those things. And then as far as like if you're an employer with a number of staff underneath you. Um, I mean, I think I kind of already said this, but yeah, just just like if you have the financial means to support your people, you better be supporting your people. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse. 
um, and really looking at like, how much do I really need them back here? Can they work remotely? Well, and it's, I mean, look at it. If I'm going to take the, 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 the side of the employer in this discussion, do you really need this expensive office space? Like yes. look at your overhead and just, just for the sake of having people in it and like making get the ego of having an office space or, and all of the, 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 the costs of that, like look at yeah. that and why that's necessary. Because if you're a responsible business owner is, is the thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of overhead of an office space worth it aside from your employees just being productive. So look at all of those things. And I think, I mean, that causes, I mean, there's spinoff issues and all of that in, in, in terms of vacant office space in all these cities around the world. But it offices, I mean, I think that, I think the offices and especially high-rise office space, all of that is like, seems like a thousand years ago. It's like, that just seems so archaic now to sit at a desk with a phone and a, it's like, what? That just seems so bizarre now. No, no. Yeah. And that's exactly right. Um, I think, I mean, not to call Alyssa and I out as people, but like, we kind of figured this out way before COVID happened. You know, like I had an office space at one point that none of my clients came to. And it was like, it didn't, it wasn't crazy expensive, but it just didn't make any sense. And so now I work from home and I've, you know, gotten myself a living arrangement that works for me. And um, I've got myself a home office. And if clients need to come here, they come here. But for the most part, I go to them. And then anybody that I work with works remotely or as a subcontractor. And that's how I keep my overhead low so that I can support clients that don't necessarily have thousands of dollars to spend on marketing. Um, Because I like supporting the underdog. I like supporting new businesses that don't have a giant budget. I like helping them grow. Um, And so like, how do I do that? Well, I don't have a fancy office with leather doorknobs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I always found too that um, clients wanted to meet with me at a coffee shop or go for lunch or whatever, because it was a break in their monat- like their day yeah. of getting out of the office. So it was kind of interesting that like I, I always felt, oh, I should have an office where people can come to me. But it's like, they didn't want to. They wanted to go for coffee and all of that because they wanted the break yeah. for themselves. So yeah, the whole office idea. And in I will say in six years of working for myself, not a single client has ever asked like where my office is. No, no. one has asked me Neither. that. It's nope, never either. come up. So yep. in my mind, it's like, yeah, why would I get an office just to have one, even though no yep. one's asked to see it or no one's even asked about it? Um, nope. And now with Zoom, honestly, even though it's pissing us off today, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like you don't need a conference room to hold a, a strategy meeting. You can do it over the phone um, or you can go meet at a quiet well, place. And from a positive perspective too, even just looking at our businesses, it's really opened everyone up to to realize that your client base isn't just where you live. Now, like the world is everyone's oyster, right? You can, there is no, there's no reason you can't pitch for business and pitch for clients in England or in Florida or wherever, because everything is digital now. It doesn't matter where the work is done. And I think for, I mean, if we're talking about companies that kind of had this going beforehand, if you look at places like Upwork or Fiverr or any of those online places where you go on and hire people to do your brands and 
from anywhere in the world. And if you were a creative person, you could have a profile there and get work from around the world. They were a bit ahead of the game, but I think the rest of us are catching up now because just because we are in Calgary doesn't mean that our business has to be in Calgary. And I think that's going to be a great open opening for a lot of people to be able to understand that to be able to work with people from around the world, to do really cool projects around the world, that just because your address might say Calgary doesn't mean that that's just where you have to have clients from. So that's going to be really cool to see how people adjust to that moving forward and how the people who are good at that are going to sort of rise to the top in that area too. 100%. And just to wrap up the conversation a little bit here, if you guys have any like rants of your own or questions, we want to hear it. So visit us at Ladies Who Launch Pod on Instagram and send us a DM with your rant or question and we will address it on the next episode. Yeah. Or even if you just, you want to talk, if you're having struggles or if yeah. you're a small business owner who needs some advice, we're happy to to talk to everyone because it has been a very difficult 18 months for many of us uh, yes. with our businesses and personal and that we've had to have conversations about how we're feeling and how we're doing. And I think Dakota and I were lucky in the fact that we dealt with some of our mental health issues prior to COVID. So we were a little more prepared, but I will say that if I hadn't have dealt, if I hadn't had dealt with my, um, depression before March of 2020, I probably would have had a mental breakdown in May. So just know that like everyone is struggling. Everyone has had, has issues. Everyone's trying to figure out the best way to deal with what is going on in their life. But the best thing you could do is just go talk to someone. I mean, the best thing I did was go see my doctor and it's not an easy thing because people are proud. People don't want to talk about it, but seriously, The more we can start talking about our brains and that our brains can get hurt and our brains can get sick, the better off we all be. That we all are. (laughs) (laughs) The better off we all be. Be. (laughs) Because your brain is no different than your arm. And if you break your arm, you go, no problem, go to the doctor or the emergency room to get it casted. It should Mm -hmm. be no different when thinking about your brain health. Absolutely. All right, guys, we love you. Seriously, if you need us, you know where to find us. Take good care of yourselves and we'll chat soon. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to Ladies Who Launch. Join Dakota and Alyssa every second Wednesday for more conversations and interesting guests. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. If you send us a question, we may answer it on a future episode. 